Hey there, it's Colette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we want to blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have. Claudette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Super Momit, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time. Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with stories. Today on Our Hockey Life, we have the fabulous Wendy Tippett. Her husband Dave started his pro playing career in 1983 with the Hartford Whalers and played 721 NHL games on four teams. He began coaching in 95, literally hours after he retired, and has coached in the NHL since 1999, winning the Jack Adams Award for the 2009-2010 season. Wendy is a fierce woman in many aspects of life. She's a loyal friend, mentor to young teens, super mom, and Mimi, kick-ass realtor, and someone who has lived in the pro hockey world with her husband Dave for over 35 years. We are thrilled to have Wendy with us today. Uh, before we get into all the hockey goods and where you are heading right after um, today's recording, let's chat a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up. Um, I'm originally from Minnesota, so I grew up in the snow and the cold and always told myself I was not going to stay in the cold and the snow. Um, and I also lived in Northern Virginia and uh, ended up in high school and college in North Dakota. Oh, nice. So, and do you, you come from a large family, right? Yeah, we have seven kids. What? Seven kids, blended family. Wow. Okay. So, so where do you fall in the line? I'm in the middle. I'm There's two below me and four above me. So, okay. so I feel like- It was so fun. <laughs> I feel like I, I knew you were from a large family. And to me, that actually wasn't surprising because of the way that you treat- I mean, we were lucky to be on a team with you with the Coyotes. Um, and as a coach's wife, I just felt like you treated all of us like a family. So that it actually doesn't surprise me. Do you feel like, I don't know, your upbringing had anything to do with how, how you've reacted and related in your hockey life? I think, um, relationships have always been important to me, friends. And, um, when you're in the hockey world and just starting out, when you first walk into a wives room and you look around and you realize like, you're either going to, you know, make that your life and, and dive in, or you're going to be in trouble. Because, <laughs> so that's, I mean, I remember the first wives room I went in and it was very disconcerting. I was, you know, 19 years old and scared to death. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of first, um, being in Phoenix was the first time for me that uh, management wives were around. And, um, you know, I feel like it was a good balance with you though. Like you, you took care of us. We knew you were there for us, but you didn't overstep that professional boundary. Um, and it was appreciated by all of us. Like you were around, like if you're like, Hey, if you can't pick up the kids, I'll pick up your kids. You baked cookies and brought them over and helped me do charity stuff. And like, you were always there. And so like, I feel like you just, you know, took that nurturing role that maybe you grew up with. Right. And you, 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 um, put that on us and like made us all feel so welcome and comfortable. I think I'm more, I was more comfortable in the coach's wife role than I was as a player's wife. Oh, I really okay. was. I feel like I like being the mommy. I like, you know, being the one to help and what can I do? And, and it kind of takes that competition part, you know, when the wives room that I'm, you know, 
I want to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Like I am not yeah. that girl who's yeah. going to go in there and say, look at me and shining, you know? But as in a mommy role, I feel very comfortable in that role. I pegged you as the aunt. I didn't want to, I had questions ready. I was like, listen, can we just, let's just call her the aunt. <laughs> but we appreciated it. And you know, like we were saying, um, Bridget and I were chatting earlier about how the wise room was set up in Phoenix where um, we had the player's wife's lounge and then you guys were right across the hall from us. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't awkward if it was a bad game for your spouse or anything. Like we didn't feel like you guys were looking over at, at us, but it was, you guys were close enough that if we needed something, you're right there. And because you always took that role of like, you know, being like in your words, being a mommy to us, like yes. you, you were there and you were always um, someone we could lean on. I always feel like at the beginning of the game, I, it's good to go in there and say hi. And then after the game, it's best not to go in there just because there's going to be someone's husband who didn't get the ice time he wanted or something. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. and people will, I mean, I remember the first time in Dallas, somebody actually came up to me and they started like having an argument to me about how much their husband played. And I'm like, listen, I have no idea how much your husband played. I don't, I don't pay attention to the game. Yeah. Like I watched my husband chew gum on the bench <laughs> and now has a migraine. Yeah. I'm just like, it's just, I just don't keep track of that. I'm, I'm so sorry. I understand that when my husband was playing, I kept track of his ice time as well. But I mean, I have nothing to do with that. And if you have a problem with that, you should have your husband talk to Dave. You talking to me is doing no good. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. And that's a hard, I mean, I always felt like I was not going to go to the coach's wife and say anything, but there were also coaches' wives that I was lucky enough to have some awesome ones that just kind of felt like family, like Mm -hmm. you. And then there were some that I really didn't know. And so the ones that I didn't know, I, I could throw some daggers at silently a little more, which to me is a little terrifying because I don't really know what's in Ray's future. But I had said to him, I'm like, you can never be a coach. People are going to hate you and they're going to hate me because I knew how I felt about some of them. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> But it was nice. Like you guys had a really good presence, um, you know, because when we were in LA, I don't even know if the like management wives were at the games. Like we didn't see them like at all. Um you know, in Vancouver, we saw a little bit of them, but it was always so separate. But I, th- I feel like, like I said, it was a healthy balance. Like, yeah, I think I that agree. there's some teams that actually will not allow the coaches' mm-hmm. wives to talk to the players' wives. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. teams who have that rule. Mm-hmm. And I've always told Dave, before you take any job, you better ask them about that rule because I'm not following that rule. <laughs> so Good for you. if that's a rule, then we can't take that job because I'm not going to just change my whole life. You know, and your personality. Yeah, that's such a huge part of your personality. I would be. I would just not be able to go to the games. Mm-hmm. My so, mouth just goes. Right. <laughs> we were on a team as well, to be honest, where that shift happened within our state on that team. Oh. So I we had a couple of years that were awesome, and then all of a sudden it was like, bam! You can't talk to the girls anymore, so management weird. or coaching weird. staff. And they were already. It was too late. They were our best friends. Yeah. And not in a way like. First of all, when we get together, we don't talk about hockey no, exactly. or ice time. We talk about life, and exactly. that mm-hmm. is kind of the difference. And maybe people don't realize management or above, but also I understand there are instances. This is, this is a business hockey. Professional hockey is a business. So there is, there are lines that can be crossed and not Mm -hmm. everyone can handle it all. So it has to have a certain degree of segregation. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. And I I think that I've always tried to be, you know, stay on the right side of that. And I remember one time coming into the wives room in Phoenix and it was probably like one of the last couple of years and it was a new young girl who's been this. around for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and she said, uh, you're not allowed in here. And I'm <gasps> like, oh. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sweetie, you know, I've been around for a long time and you've been here for like 10 minutes. So I think you can just relax, take a step back. And I could hear the girls in the other room just laughing because they're like, she's fine. She can come in. I said, I'm just coming to say hi to the kids, to see the kids after the summer. I promise I won't do any 
And I think that for the next few uh, months, she was like busy sucking back up. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. First of all, if we were on TV, my mouth is hanging open right now. <laughs> it was actually did she Did she know who you were? I have no idea. Probably not. Probably not, but, Although, it, but it, it was pretty funny though. It, it actually made me laugh. I mean, I just, it, it wasn't I, at all like, oh my gosh, I better leave. It was, it was pretty comical. <laughs> I wasn't here, was I? No. no. Okay. Cause I think they're so funny. That is so, so funny. So oh. one of the best icebreakers or conversation starters in any couple situation is how did you guys meet? Um, what, what's your and Dave's story? Um, well, we were in college and it was our freshman year and they had just won the national championship. And we're- North, in North Dakota, North Dakota. University okay. of North Dakota. And we had, I had a friend who kept telling me, you know, you have to meet this guy. He's perfect for you. He's perfect for you. And I looked at his picture and I'm like, no, he's like not my type. He's just, I mean, I just don't know what it was, but it just, you know, nah, I don't think so. And I met him the first time I met him, he was like standing next to a wall holding like a 12 pack of beer, which was not that impressive to me. Cause I'm like, okay, he's that guy. Forget it. And later, you know, they won the championship and all my friends were saying, come to the party. And I'm like, no, I have to study. And they're just like, come for a minute. And I ended up sitting next to him and we were just chatting and, and then he said, you know, do you want to go to breakfast? And I'm like, I know what breakfast means. And yeah, I'm sure there's lots of girls here would love to have breakfast with you, but I'm not one of them. So Ooh, Dave, that's a yeah. good line. <laughs> have a good day. And Over so media. I, uh, I basically blew him off and went home and thought, okay. But then later um, it ended up that I was calling his roommate or not roommate, sweet mate or something. And to go to a party who he was a friend of mine and Dave answered the phone and then his voice, his voice still, like his, his deep voice is oh, like, yeah. yeah, melts me. So then I'm just, so I invited him to a sorority party, which got snowed Breakfast. out. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> which got snowed out. But then he said, let's just go for drinks. And after the first date, all my, everyone in my dorm was, you know, they were like, oh, he's just going to never call you again and blah, blah, blah. And mm. I'm like, really? Cause he's so nice. And I was like completely naive, stupid girl. And the next day, you know, he called and literally from that day on, we were never apart. So, oh so what year was that? Freshman year. Yeah. Oh, 19, what year? Yeah. Oh, 1982. 82. I was <laughs> oh, going to say, I did a little years. research, but I was, I was curious. 82. I know that's a long time ago. You guys weren't born <laughs> yet, were you? I was. I was, okay. I was in 82. I okay. was an 82 baby. All right. Perfect. I'm you were 72. my good luck charm. I'm 72. All so. Right. All right. Perfect. I was watching the Oilers at the time. Yeah. We'll come back around to that. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, I have just one more question. Uh, would he tell the same story? Is he going to sell? Yeah, I think he'd tell the same story. I think that um, he probably wouldn't remember the part about me saying, you know, see you later, because he, yeah. he would probably leave that part out because, you know, mm, wouldn't want to be. What about the t-shirt? Yeah. Tell us the t-shirt story. Well, the first night I stayed at his house, like, or had his dorm room, like, so, overnight. <laughs> and then stayed for breakfast? <laughs> yeah. And stayed for breakfast. Um, I had nothing to wear. <laughs> So I borrowed one of his t-shirts. We call that the walk of shame. Yeah. It was actually very innocent, which was really funny, but I, I found this t-shirt of his and I, it was so soft and awesome and I loved it. And I was just like, I'm never giving this back. And he still to this day is just like, I still want that t-shirt back. And so I will parade around in it once a year and not give it back to him. Uh, but now it's got a big it. hole right across here, mm. <laughs> which now he Convenient. thinks is the best she's t-shirt ever. She's pointing at her chest, by the way. <laughs> it's been, it was a University of Michigan shirt. He went there when he went on his recruiting trip to University of Michigan they gave him a t-shirt, but it ended up to be mine. Uh, I love that. You're going to need to, you're going to have to take a photo of that for us. Yeah, I will. I'll have to <laughs> cover it up. <laughs> we'll blur it out. Yeah. There's filters for that. Wear another shirt underneath. Yes. That's fine. So, um, what are you passionate about? Um, I think that I'm just passionate about like, I just want to learn how to live life better always. You know, I just, I feel like 
there's always these lessons to learn. And I feel like life is just like one big giant lesson. So I feel like that's my passion is to always, no matter what's happening is to try to understand why it's happening and to use it to get better and stronger and wiser. I feel like your passion, um, you invest so much time in your girls. You call them your girls. Yes. They're your squad. Tell us a yeah. little bit about them. Um, well, they're high, sc- uh, high school girls and I have known them since they were freshmen and um, they're at my church and they're like the most amazing girls and have all my friends are like, how come every time I see you, you're with a teenager? <laughs> and like, I know it sounds a little weird, but they're, they're such amazing girls. And I look at them and I think I can't imagine being where they are now at that age because mm-hmm. there's so much, I mean, they teach me a million things. They're so wise and they're so, they do, you know, they'll work all year to save up money to go on a mission trip in the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're amazing kids. Like yeah. that's great. Beyond. Yeah. Well, you can tell how much you love them. Like I your, do. your eyes yeah. just like glimmer. I know. When you I talk noticed about them, that too. You know, your pictures, yeah. like everything. I know. I do tell. love them. Do you, do they know you're leaving? Yes. And they're all in college now. Oh, they are. So, okay. Yeah. So, so already- they're, yeah. So they're, I mean, we, we text and we, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all the things that they've taught me to do. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, um, but, but yeah, I, I don't see them that often. I see one of the little girls didn't go to college. So I see her a lot. We hang out and have dinner and talk about life and boys and yeah, all the fun, fun stuff. Yeah, it's all good. The fun stuff. So you don't ever feel, and actually then that sort of a passion, um, Dave's career was never in the way of that then for you. No, Dave's Dave's always been like, whatever you want to do, you want to work, work, you want to stay home, stay home, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. I just want you to be happy. And so he's been really, he's been great. I feel like that's one of the blessings of being in hockey that you really can follow your own path, no matter what, what it is exactly along with the guys. Often, sometimes it's difficult if you are trying to uh, lay down some roots in a career and it has to be stationary or be rooted in one city. That's a little difficult, but when your passion is, I don't know. Beyond think, yeah. borders. Yeah. I think that's really great and it works well. I think it kind of is almost a necessity because if I had had one of those other passions, it would have gone by the wayside early in the career because it wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. So you just have to find your way in the world, you know, yeah, for sure. In this exactly. World. And it takes a bit. Like, you know, I remember doing that too, like moving with Jason for my first time. And um, I was always like super independent and moving with him. And I was like, okay, now I'm not working. Now I'm relying on you for money to be my best friend, to be my boyfriend, to like, to be my family all while we're away. And, you know, you're trying to find, figure out what works for you and like navigating that because, you know, not everyone can work or, um, I mean, I'm lucky I have dual citizenship, but I, I can't find a job that's going to hire me for nine months and then I leave and go away in the summer. So it's like, you got to find something that works with like, that you can navigate that schedule yourself. So true. And the uncertainty of if your guy gets sent up or down or then do I go, don't I go? And I mean, it works. People make it work, obviously. And it's a little easier, I feel like with the phones now, but um, we didn't have, we didn't have that. (laughs) Make a date to make a phone call and be on the same boat. Yeah. We had MSN messenger. In our early stages. Yes. <laughs> it is it is hard. I think that that's just true. I think when we first moved to Connecticut and Dave, I was in my, just finished my junior year of college and we moved to Connecticut and I had to do my junior year over again because the college that I decided to go to in Hartford wouldn't take my credits. So I had to start yeah. over at my junior year over again. Yeah. So I mean, at least going to school in the same thing in the middle of my senior year, he got traded. And it was just like, after I've done, you know, now I've done yeah. like six years of college and I don't have a degree yet. And I'm just like, oh Why my not? God, yeah, yeah, this is yeah. so depressing. <laughs> and but, that happens too. I almost yeah. like, I almost forgot about that. That part happens too, because kids are young. You're getting drafted into this yep. pro league, but you're yeah. babies essentially. And your girls are still doing college and pursuing their things. So I did, I mean, 
girls again will want to finish their degrees or they'll do a a degree later in life or you want to suddenly learn a new craft and you're in a city but you're like oh my gosh now he's gone and Right. You can never, yeah, it's hard to figure out. I mean, that's why I got into charity work because I could just do it with whatever team we were on. And that was easy, right? Brilliant. That's what I did too. In in Hartford, I ended up the first year being the head of their big charity thing, Whaler's Waltz for the Children, which I had no idea what it was. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And then I'm like, holy crap. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was the same thing. There was nothing else, you know, I mean, I had nothing else to do. And I was so used to being on the go and, all of a sudden, I'm just sitting in this house by myself. Same. I was a crazy yeah, person. Like yeah. my first year living with Jason, like I wasn't myself. And I hated how I was because I just become so dependent on him and so lonely. And just, I remember he would text me um, from the rink after practice and be like, hey, I'm going for a lunch with Derek. And I'm like, how, like, how could you do that? Like, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm <laughs> hungry. I was like, I need you're going to have lunch with somebody else. Like when you have the option to hang out with me, he's like, And is yeah. Derek hot? <laughs> Don't lie. Exactly. I knew you were thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But you know, like you're just, I mean, you're not yourself and it's so weird. You're just put into this environment and you don't know anything about it. And it's an insecure lifestyle. Like you don't know if these girls are going to be your true friends. You don't know what you're, you're signing up for with hockey. It's an insecurity like you could be traded, you could be sent down, um, you know, and just not having your own independence. It's, it's, it's a tough insecurity for a lot of people. I kind of feel like for me, because Ray was quite young, um, I actually really liked that gypsy style of it because I was a dancer and it's very much of a gypsy lifestyle in itself. So I, he was in San Jose. I went to San Jose. I found a dance studio I could take classes at. I was looking in San Francisco for where I could find some master teachers. So I, I could gel, I could find it where I was because that lifestyle gelled with his. But again, there were times too, where then I started to do shows and get my own thing going and he got sent down and I'm like, uh, see ya. Sorry. I'm going to stay here. (laughs) Yeah. And he flipped, but you know what? So for me, it worked because I, I had the time and I was still pursuing my craft and trying to get better at it. And it, it worked well for me. And it's something that I had to do independently anyhow. So I don't know. For me, that kind of worked out well. And again, with him, when he was sent up and down, he gives me shit. He's like, (laughs) he goes, you just want to meet, you just want to date me if I was in the show. I'm like, (gasps) how about the fact fact that I had something going on too? I think that after all the moves that you've made, I think that Ray knows for sure now, this woman loves me. You're in for it. Yeah. So, so, you know, speaking of like those early days, can you take us back to an early game? Like style wise, what were the girls wearing? Or your first game as when Dave was a player and you showed up as the young. Well, my first game, I came in and I was wearing jeans and a sweatshirt because I'm from college. You know, that's my thing. And I remember a woman, I won't say her name, an older (laughs) woman. She was one of the older girls on the team. And she said, "Um, excuse me. And she said, we don't wear denim to the game. Stop it. And I'm like, first of all, I don't even know what denim is because I'm like jeans. You mean <laughs> I'm from, these? Yeah, I'm from North Dakota. So I'm like, I have, I said, well, my choices are denim or sweats pants. So I don't know which one of those is better for you, but those are my options. Did you say that? Point. Yeah. Did you say that back? Good and, for yeah, you. And I think I, I probably would have cried. And she, um, but then of course the next day I'm trying to go find some kind of pants, you know, which I mean, in college, that's just not what you wear. What was she wearing? Yeah, what uh, she pants? was, she was wearing a dress <gasps> oh, that was like wow. very buttoned up and very, yeah, she Fancy. was very covered yeah, up. Yeah. Very, um, proper. She was a very proper girl. And it was funny because the next year, all of them were gone 
and I had actually been on the team longer than anyone because the whole team changed over. And I'm like, new rules. This you is wear Hartford. What you want. Yeah. Hartford, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, new rules. We're doing <laughs> whatever rules. you want to do. Wear whatever you want to wear. I mean, it's Connecticut. You know, it's not like it's, yeah, where you know, you, like, who are you London. trying to be? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I so love weird. that you were just confident enough to say, look, this is, this is how I'm going to do it. So I was just laughing because I, I really, that is what was in my suitcase. So I was like, either I'm not going to be able to come in this room or, you know, I don't know what you want me to do. Cause I don't have anything else. Shall I take them off? <laughs> I'm 19. This is my husband's first game. Yeah. We have no money. We haven't, I don't have any money to go money things. So yeah. this yeah. is all I have. Oh my God. So do you want me to not be in this room? And then I'll wait out there. That's cool. And the first day I waited, it was so funny. Cause I was walking down the stairs after the first game with this older gentleman and we were chatting and we got downstairs and Dave comes out and he's just like, hi, Mr. Howe, how are you? And he starts talking. And he's like, Wendy, this is Gordy Howe. And I'm like, oh yeah, <gasps> great. I had no idea who Gordy Howe was. Uh, <laughs> so, what a nice man. I'm like, he was just this nice old man. You know, I mean, I had no idea. And, and Dave's just like, Wendy, that's like the great, like, like Mr. Hockey. I'm, like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know. I would have genuflected or something. I just that's didn't know. Awesome. Which is almost better, right? Because yeah, then, yeah, he's you're just not... like a nice guy. Yeah. I have a funny. tiny Gordy Howe story too. This since we're going there for a second. We were in Detroit and he was signing autographs at a table and I knew who he was, but I just was like lingering around or walking, trying to get from the restroom to my section. And I walked right in front of the line of all the people, but didn't really realize it. And then I turned and looked and then there's Gordy Howe sitting there. And I was just like, hi, this kept going. And then in my mind, I'm like, holy fuck, that was Gordy Howe. But I never said hi I didn't like not that I would it it was so awkward afterwards I I think I said to her I was like um so I totally walked in front of the line I didn't even know it was Gordy Howe but I did but anyways dumb now I just kicked myself because I sure would have loved to have taken that moment back and made something of it he was in Hartford every day like he was on the ice with the guys and hanging with the guys and that's back when um Marty was playing on the team still so gosh I love it that's awesome so good do you have wait first Back in those days, did Dave have a mustache then? Oh, yeah. He had an epic mustache that I loved <laughs> and still to this day would beg him to to grow back, but he won't do it. Did he have it when you first met him? Oh, yeah. Oh, no I way. had never kissed a boy without a mustache <laughs> what? in my life. I, until Dave shaved his mustache, I had never kissed a boy without a mustache. Oh, my gosh. My oh, first so Dave's always a been a man. And yeah, I just, I felt like that was a man. And when he shaved it, I felt like I was kissing a girl and it freaked me out. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, kiss me once more. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh God, that's so weird. <laughs> I know Jason. Like Jason has to be um, completely clean shaven for Hockey Canada, and he looks just like his uh, like youngest brother <laughs> when he does that. And I'm like, please, can you grow that back? Like, <laughs> I don't even know if I can picture Jason without facial I hair. I'll show you pictures. Yeah, yeah. I can't picture that. It's either. weird. It's just weird. Do you change his name? Do you give him a new name? Uh, no, I have lots of names for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet face. <laughs> Jason, if I want someone, you know, foreign. <laughs> That's Jason. I'm going to remember that one. I'm going to type it in my phone right now, actually, so I don't forget. Makes uh, me want to text him right now. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jason. Hey. So what about any crazy hockey stories? Anything um, crazy that you want to share? I mean, I think the only, like for me, that happened to me is yeah, that this is all for you. we got traded. Um, I had just moved from my house into this condo because somebody came and just offered us so much money for our house that Dave, in the middle of just before training camp, when I'm eight months pregnant, decides we're going to sell the house. So he went to training camp and I literally moved the house by myself to the condo of with just baskets of stuff, <laughs> eight not? months pregnant. Yeah. Then I get to the condo. And I unpack everything and he's in training camp. And, you know, that was back, there was no cell phones or anything. And 
he um, called me in between periods and he said, I just didn't want you to worry that I wasn't playing. They're just looking at the young guys. And I'm like, actually, I've just had a phone call from David Poyle. And the reason you're not playing is because you got traded. And no. I was the one who told him he got traded. No. What? In between periods, too. In between, he happened to call, which he's never called in between periods in my life. Weird. And he just happened to call. And David Poyle had called before and said, hey, welcome to the Washington Capitals. And I'm like, excuse me? And <laughs> I'm now I'm eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah. And so we ended up packing up that condo and moving to Virginia. And I literally gave birth like four days after we got there. And I remember getting on the plane and I remember everyone looking at me like, oh, for the love of God, you're not going to be on this plane. And I'm, they're like, how many weeks pregnant are you? And I'm like, oh, like 30. Yeah. <laughs> Fake it. Yeah. Just. It's only like an hour and a half flight. I can hold it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh but literally God. we got there unpacked and I gave birth with a doctor I've never met before in my life. I mean, it was just- You get comfortable with that. It, was, the, it was a crazy- to, ha- to move twice in my last month of no. pregnancy was a little bit, that was probably the craziest thing that happened to me. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Any embarrassing uh, things happened to you during hockey? I'm sure there were about, let me think. Hmm. You can think of that. Okay, yeah. let, let me think on that one. Okay, There's probably a, a thousand one. embarrassing things that happened to me. I have a co- I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure a lot of embarrassing things happened to me, but I don't even know it because you were so oblivious or not, or not embarrassed. Yeah, you guys should say what embarrassed me because you probably know more than I do. I can't see you being embarrassed either. Oh. No, I like you, yeah. I think you were both embarrassed the one time we filmed for Hockey Wives and we were at your house, Wendy. And and then later when you guys watched the clip back and I was running around <laughs> with the kids and then Bridget she was like, Were we really just sitting there watching you run around? <laughs> just just dark. Just like, That's hey, true. We did say, Do you need help? Are you good? Did we not say that? It just wasn't it, on the air. No, it's true. <laughs> and then they were always they were saying too, you need to sit here and you need to stay here. Yeah. So we're kinda of looking we're over there obey. like yeah, we were trying to obey and be good. And that was the first time I, I, I think I'd ever filmed. So I didn't really even know what to do. I was just doing You're what like, I was doing. You're like, just told. sit here and eat yeah. the salad. That's true. Bridget's <laughs> hungover and doesn't want to move. Was I hungover? Yeah. Oh, oh. God, you guys are both so hungover. Whoops. Yeah. And then my kids were like, get in the pool. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That's right. I do remember watching it. And it really is like a circus behind yeah. us. You and I were trying to talk. And Kodat is like getting a workout in. I the thought they should have put everywhere. music. It would have been more funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. with other kids running. Me my circus. Completely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. Ringmaster <laughs> cadet. <laughs> so you told us that your family refers to you as Dr. Phyllis, which I love and is not at all surprising. What is your um, advice on a successful marriage? I think that if you want to have a long marriage, I mean, obviously communication is the most important thing and forgiveness because you're going to have to forgive a lot in 35 years for whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the biggest part. You're going to have to be able to figure out how to do that and let things go. Um, because if you hold on to anything, you know, with all the moving and all the craziness and, you know, I think when coaching starts, I mean, you're just moved so far down the list because now he's mm-hmm. got children and then he's got 23 other children that are all going to be ahead of you. So mm-hmm. you're going to be like, hello, remember me? And there's going to be time where, you know, that kind of like, oh, you know, I'm so sick of this after 15 years of, you know, you can get like grumpy and bitter about it. And then you just have to kind of let it go and just say this, this is the life. This is, you know, what he's got to do right now. And he's doing the best he can. Yeah. But communicating, like you said, that is key. I think that's that's perfect. It, it communicates everything. Because and it's, it's what I do like to, till he is plugging his ears with my communication. <laughs> well, but like, yeah, how but do you like, cause I mean, I'm obviously like I'm doing now what you, you guys, yes. you guys were doing. So how do you find like the time? Because like, I feel like, you know, when Jason wants to sit down and chat, like he'll come home after work and he wants to chat with me, but I'm in the middle of like a contract and I'm like, hold up. 
just don't talk to me for a minute. And then by the time I'm done the contract, then he's like, he's over whatever he wanted to chat about. Like, how do you like keep that structure, keep that time for each other? Because I feel like it's so hard to like, you know, navigate everyone's schedules and wants and needs. It is true. And I think that when you're both working, I mean, because I'm doing real estate as well. So it's the same kind of thing for Dave and I to kind of navigate. And at first he would be like, no, like we need to talk about this now. And I'm like, you know what? I've been following you around supporting you all these years. You know, if I need to get this done, you have to help me. And I mean, when Dave took that year off, he was over at my listings, cleaning their backyard and changing light bulbs. And he was helping me. So can you come change my light bulbs? Because Jason has not done that. I also need someone to change my light bulbs. Dave is the great handyman. Thank God. That's the one thing. He's amazingly good at that. But, and so we just kind of, I think though that we would always say, you know, we had a nanny when our kids were young and we were probably the first generation in hockey to have a nanny. And the reason that we did that was because I said, listen, when they're in bed already and I, I want to go with you somewhere and have time with you, like I want to make sure that we have a good marriage because I think that's the most important thing you can give your kids is for mom and dad to still mm-hmm. love each other when this is all said and done. And so, you know, we had a nanny and I remember, and it was like nothing back then. I, I can't even remember. They lived with us. They were from Sweden. They were like $75 a week. Like it was nothing. And, you know, we were in board or whatever. And I remember all the people were like, oh, that's ridiculous. I can't believe that you would do that. And I'm like, listen, I don't have any family here. I don't have any, exactly I don't know right. anyone here. I would rather have this great, amazing woman come with me to all these different cities and that my kids are comfortable with than have, you know, go to a new city and have a 13 year old that I've never met before come babysit my kids. Like, and mm-hmm. someone you trust, like. Exactly. And yeah. they loved her. She was mm-hmm. part of our family, you know, and. I'm so glad so. you brought that up. When we were younger, Ray was in San Jose and one of the girls had a nanny. I remember naive little, like, I don't know, I was maybe 20, um, thinking, what is she? She, she doesn't have a job. She doesn't, doesn't have a job. They've like got being a mom money. is not a job. <laughs> I didn't even know. Right. I didn't know that. We so I'm know. sitting there and I actually, and I love her, but she doesn't even know that I'm even think about her, <laughs> but um, two kids. And I just remember thinking like, what is she nanny for? Like, why do you need that? And then, you know, further in, and even before I had kids, but as I got a little older and met other families whose marriages I admired, um, Kirk and Stacy Muller for one. Yes, I'm going to yep. throw them out there because awesome. they were just one of those families that were great parents involved with their kids, but spent time on their marriage. Yeah. And I loved that. And we were, they were social. They were out. They were like, we can't because of the kids. We can't, which I also understand. But I was like, okay. And I just, there's things that she always said to me and I got to get her on her actually, because there were things that she would say to me, like, listen, I don't remember as a child if the house was clean or the beds were made or whatever, but I remember the time that I spent with my mom. And so I'm trying to do that for my kids. I don't want to spend the time doing that. I want to be, so maybe the yeah. nanny was the helper and could do that, or they could take trips well, and just thing. spend yeah. time. It was Yeah. It's not like great. the nanny is taking care of your kids. What no, the nanny was doing was, was picking of... up the dry cleaning and going to get the groceries and doing a lot yeah. of things so that I could spend time with my kids. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we, that's how I kind of worked it. You know, I'd yeah. give her a list of things that I need to get done and then I could spend time with the kids. But, you know, it is different because you are living away from all of your family. You're, exactly. And most people, you know, they're, they have somebody close to them mm-hmm. who can help them babysit. And just for a minute here or there that you can really trust. And I just wasn't someone who trusted a 12-year-old to take care of my kids. I just didn't. I, well, I, I, had, didn't a, I had a lady who, um, she wasn't 12 years old, but she was a klepto. So, you know, it's like <laughs> you have to find someone you can trust. Like, not only are we trusting you know, looking to trust someone with our kids, like it's like our life, it's our stuff, it's our house. And yeah, when your things start walking out of there and you're like, okay, now I can't even trust you. Exactly. And now who do I have? Yep. And even just for like nights to have, um, you know, like some nights are the game nights are nights out and it's, it's good to put the, like have this sitter at home 
with the kids and have them on a regular schedule so we can go to the games and have like our nights out with like the girls. Like, exactly. you know, it's just a hockey game. It's so but, healthy. Like, no, we it's needed healthy it. for like, everyone. It's healthy for you. Yeah. It's healthy for your marriage and your kids. It's good for them to miss you a little if they do. And sometimes yeah. they don't. And so, so, and just to keep the routine too, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. like in in Phoenix, the rink was so far. I can't, yes. I can't be bringing them home at like eleven p.m. every game night. No. And so, you know, we needed that sitter. Yeah, yeah. It teaches kids independence too. It teaches them that they're going to be okay without their parents. That they can, you know, because really isn't the goal for us to raise independent human beings. It's not to raise, you know, little kids attached to our legs. It's oh, to raise adults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're never moving on. <laughs> when you have boys, it's probably that way. When you have girls, you're like, oh, yes, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you're all be strong, be powerful. Yeah. Giddy up. You take your attitude you and get out. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's just go back a little bit too. Um, how was it for you when Dave went from playing pro to coaching with no break? Like from one season to the next on the same team? It actually happened like overnight because yeah. he went to training it- camp as a player And he came home and he's like, my body won't do this anymore. I I can't do this anymore. And I said, okay, so you're going to retire. And he said, well, I talked to them and they offered me an assistant coaching job. And I'm like, like tomorrow you're going to go and you're going to be a coach. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Wow. And he, he, you know, gave up his contract because he could have just been hurt the whole year and they would have paid him his big contract. I mean, for the minors at that point, that was a big contract. And instead he, I think he made $35,000 that year. So it was quite a shock from going from the NHL to $35,000 a year. But um, he said it was an opportunity. And he said, it's like someone's paying me to go to Harvard. Somebody's paying me to learn my craft. So this is actually great, you know? So, and within six months, he was the head coach. So it worked out okay. That's amazing. <laughs> and then what about for you though, relationship-wise with the guys and the girls? Okay, I thought you at least had a seat, like a summer, no. which would be difficult. So I can't even imagine yeah. overnight. It was funny because I, I was so close to all the girls on the team in, in, it was in Houston and we were such a family that I don't think anyone cared that Dave was the coach. They just didn't care. We just did everything normal that year like we always did. And everyone was always at my house all the time anyway. I had all potlucks. We had all the games watching at my house and kids would all come swim there and everything. And I don't think it, it just, we just kind of did the same. We had yeah. one big wives room back then. So maybe that's even better then that there's, yeah. that there wasn't a line and there yeah. was no question. So yeah. same like party transition. And, yeah. yeah. It was more the so, next year when new girls would come in that I kind of started okay. to have to find my way a little bit because they would be like, oh, what is she doing here? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you right. know, and then I'd so be then like, you oh, just, that's right. I, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. So you then just had to navigate as the feelings changed and yep. amongst the group. Yep. Yeah. So when did you get into selling real estate? Um, it was the lockout year in, I don't even remember which lockout year it was, but <laughs> one of those lockout years when we were in 405? Dallas. It was like, yeah, it must've been, must've been because it's been, been like 13 years. Yeah. So we, 04, 05, that, that season. Um, Dave had to have this neck surgery. Finally, he had been waiting to have the surgery forever. And when the lockout came, all of a sudden he could have time to do the surgery. So he'd been living in pain forever. So he had to stay home for six weeks in this big, you know, neck brace and everything. And so I thought, well, gosh, what can I do with this six weeks? Cause I'm not going to sit around and listen to him whining for six weeks. So mm. what can I do? So- <laughs> Is there anything more painful than an injured <laughs> pro so hockey player? I, I, no. But it was so great. Cause I went and got my real estate license. And I would come home and every day he'd have this big meal for me. No way. He had this recipe books and he would like get, make me this big, amazing <gasps> meal every night. It was so sweet. Wow. So Everyone take like, notes. Yeah. <laughs> it was notes. opposite, but he was too embarrassed to leave the house with this thing on his neck. So I mean, really. <laughs> the cone of shame. Yeah. It was so bad. My dog had that. <laughs> Bless their little necks. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously it's a brilliant career choice. Um, you know, you can navigate that schedule yourself. And um, we, 
like we're always buying to sell. So that's exactly you know right. it. You know it better than anyone else. How yeah, many think, homes have you lived in? I think it's twenty one. I think I've lived in twenty one wow, homes since yeah, I've that's... been born. Yeah, twenty one homes. And with Dave, it's been eighteen. Holy, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. After I actually saw, so we we asked everyone, we asked you to fill out kind of. 20 fast facts yes. about yourself. So when I read that, I started to think, okay, how many homes have I lived in? Yeah. And I, ours is, I think it's 13 or 15. So I'm yeah. behind you, but. Well, it was hard because there were certain teams where like we moved to Washington and we lived in Virginia the first year and then they moved to practice rink. So we had to live in Maryland the second year. So it was kind of things like that. Or we, we were building the house and we lived in four rentals. And I mean, right. it's just, just those kind of things. And when those lead, that obviously just for me, you know what kind of home you like, you know what's needed kind of in the hockey world. And so it kind of leads to a really, it just seems like kind of an, um, a good segue to a great career. Well, we know how to move. And I also, exactly what Cadet said is that you're buying to not lose money, to, yep. to make money. So a lot of times when I'm working with players and we talked about this mm-hmm. a while back that, you know, they'll be saying they want this they want this house or they want this lot. And I'm like, well, then you're gonna have to find another agent because yeah. you will hate me when, when you want to sell that house. It, yeah. And I can't yeah. do it. Like I... So we, I mean, I think other agents who aren't in this world, they don't care. They'll be just like, little, buy what they want. I don't care. You know, I'm going to make my money. And for me, it's like, no, this is like one of our kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure that when he gets out, he has the best chance of making his money back that he can. And this is, I think that's what a realtor is supposed to do. I mean, I think that's your job, you know, Mm -hmm. that's so. Well, totally. Like, even when I was telling you, when we had bought here and I drove down here with, um, another teammate's car, a trailer behind it, a seven month old baby. Um, I couldn't even get a hold of our realtor. It's like 120 degrees. He knew I was coming, wasn't answering his phone. I'm like, are you joking? Like, yeah. can you please let me in this house? Like, that's all I want is just yeah. in my house. And Jeez. yeah, and I'm and like, he should have had like, you know, been there with everything ready, a little a basket, basket for you. Nope. Of things. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. no basket, no yeah. nothing. Like I yeah. just... I mean, I mean, all I wanted was to get in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I worked at that same yeah. agent, so I understand. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when we moved here, actually, one of our good hockey friends, Alex Hicks, was a realtor. So he was our first phone call. And he, because he had lived the life, yeah. knew exactly what was needed, too. Exactly. And, I mean, I, I he took care of everything. And I hadn't even really heard anything from the team. So right. I was like, yeah, you're like, what? I'm taken care of. Thanks. And also, I've done this about eight. Times, yeah. yeah, so we're good. I could teach but, lessons if you have any other girls yeah. who are needing it. Yeah, totally, <laughs> exactly. So now, Wendy, you guys are off to Canada and the Edmonton Oilers for the next chapter in your lives. How are you feeling about this move, and does it differ from any others? Um, I think I'm really excited. I think that it's kind of different because we kind of know this is probably our last stop. You know, this is probably the last job that Dave will will have in in however long it lasts. This is probably the last stop. So that's kind of you know, you want to make the best of it and you want to be excited about it and enjoy, you know, enjoy it instead of worrying and being stressed about it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. I feel for you because I went from here to Edmonton. <laughs> so whoa, whoa, whoa. The I'm weather, from Edmonton. I know the weather, not the people or yeah. anything. I actually really enjoyed the people. They were so nice. Um, you know, everyone was really great to us and it's a really good organization. So super passionate. Yeah. yeah. Fan base. Yeah. Kind of the opposite of Arizona, I was thinking of, because it's kind of like Arizona's got this great weather, but no one really even knows we have a team. Yeah. And then you have Edmonton, which is, you know, the weather is a little bit more difficult, but they have the most amazing people and fans. So it's like kind of yeah. exact yeah. opposite. But you know what? The sun shines there. My mom always yes. says this. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I can handle the cold. I can handle the cold. If the sky is gray, it's more difficult to handle, but the sky will be blue. It will be cold. And I'm excited about that because, you know, we were in Pittsburgh and that was the hard, harder for mm-hmm. me in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And even though the same situation there, the fans are amazing, the people are amazing, but the cloudiness really got to me. 
And I, I don't care if it's cold either. I just need sun. Yeah. yeah. And so is this the first time you guys have been in a Canadian market? Yes. First I, time. Yeah. Wow. First time forever. And I, this is what's hard for me is exactly what you're talking about before. Like I can't work there. Right. right. And so I'm like, that's my only fear is I'm going to get there and I'm going to be just like, oh. I know what I, you can do. Yeah, you can you, drive three hours to Calgary and come <laughs> hang out with me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I laughed the other day. We were texting because I was congratulating both you and Dave on this um, next adventure. But um, that you were like, I just feel so funny. I'm going to Canada and it's this foreign country. And I'm like, okay, I'm laughing at that. Because <laughs> Relax. It so doesn't. And then as I start to think about it, I'm like, okay, well, it's a different healthcare and you've got different money. And yeah. And it's just how all that works. Like, you know, different. I was saying, you know, with the healthcare, you know, we start, he started yesterday or whatever was his first day. And so I'm like, so can I just still use my card or do I have a different card or can I still get healthcare in the United States if I'm living in Canada? Like all these things, you know, that I don't know anything. Yeah. And I'm thinking after 37 years, I should know things, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I know nothing. Because like, well, it's that. Canada. And I don't yeah. even think of that, but I mean, you'll, you're with the NHL, right? So, or. Yeah, I guess. I, 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 I have to look into yeah, that. I have to look into you'll that. You'll have to, once again, know. we'll be coming to you when we it's, have more questions about gonna this. It's going to be interesting, but I'm, I don't, I'm not afraid of the snow or anything. I mean, yeah, I grew up yeah. in Minnesota, North Dakota, so that's yeah. not going to And it's beautiful. The snow is the beautiful part. Yeah. And it's a quick, easy flight if you want to warm up. I mean, Canadians do it every year for six yeah, months plus one day. down here. Yes. Yeah. In the winter, there's tons of flights, but it turns out in the summer, there's not. No. Right. Which is the craziest thing because we were, we're trying to get there and it's like, well, this is a 15 hour travel day. This is, and I'm like, what? Like, it's only two and a half hour flight. Like, how <laughs> can it be a 15 hour yeah. travel day? Well, it's cheaper though. Yeah. But he's like, well, we, we have to go through like, Seattle or go through. And I'm like, seriously, like you can't just go straight up the country. But he said those flights are only in the winter. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll learn that one. Yeah. Uh, I think honestly, you're going to, Edmonton is going to just be so different, but it's going to be a good different. Um, I, like I said, we loved it. The organization was so great. Um, one of my friends that I grew up with actually has worked for the Oilers for like the last, oh, really? I don't even know, 10, 12 years. We'll have to get her know. name. And there's yeah. lots of great, yeah, it's a, um, retired hockey friends that live there. I know they're going to be super welcoming. So I yes. know we'll have to I'm excited just to watch some intros. Like Connor McDavid. And oh my God, I mean, I'm excited kidding? to watch that kind of skill because I know that um, the last time when we were in Pittsburgh and it was Mary Lemieux and those, all that whole crew. And I mean, I would go to the games and I would be just like, this is so different from most teams we've been on just to watch this amazing superstar. superstar. Like the things that he could do were, it was amazing to me. So I mean, I loved that part of it. Right. It made hockey fun for me just to say, did you see that? Because when you're seeing it every day, it's, you know, so much better. Well, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be exciting for so you. That I'm, I'm excited. Oh. Let's close with a little bit. Just give us one of your favorite um, hockey friends. My favorite hockey friend would be Tanya. Mm -hmm. Tanya Lamb, who's my best friend. And she's, uh, I think I told you guys this story, but we met at a team party one night, all the girls were getting together and she said she was here to visit her boyfriend and I'm like, but the guys leave on a road trip tomorrow. And she's like, oh, I know, but I'll just stay at the hotel. And I'm like, well, do you have a car? She said, no, I don't have a license yet. I mean, that's how young she was. Wow. <laughs> she didn't have a driver's license. And I said, just come stay at my house. And so she literally stayed at my house for the next week. I had just met her like hours before and she turns out to be my best friend. So I was kind of crazy. And that was in like 1993. And she so. said to ask about her blazer. <laughs> she wants her blazer back. No, she, she, she loaned, I mean, she borrowed my pink linen blazer and then it had tanning cream on. And, and I'm like, she takes oh, I thought it was the other way around. No, okay. no, it was mine. And she's just like, remember that? And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. And I didn't want to say anything because I mean, here's my new friend. I just met her yesterday. I'm not going to say, but she's like, I'm so sorry. Look what I did. <laughs> You're like, so, here's the dry cleaning bill. Exactly. Let's be friends forever. She, she had a daughter who was the 
uh, same age as my younger daughter, like really close within six months of each other. And they're still to this day, um, you know, great friends too. And Tanya has been like my kid's other mom. I love it. So when they, like now they got in a car accident and she couldn't get a hold of me because I'm in a doctor's office and she calls Tanya and Tanya, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's just yeah. like inter, mm-hmm. intermixing parents. And just that you've been is. able to like maintain that friendship, like all these years, different cities, different time zones. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like it just, um, just goes to show like how tight the hockey family actually is. It is. And it's, it's so not true. a hashtag or a term that I take lightly at all. No. It is, no. it is, I hold it so close to my heart and I know that you Same. both do too. That's yeah. true. And she's actually friends with my sisters now too. And her mom was my sister, my older sister's nanny for years. And so it's very like, she's like, she's a sister now. She's like in her family now. Well, Wendy, we are so grateful for your time and above all your friendship. The girls and guys in Edmonton have no idea how lucky they are to be getting you. Um, so players, sweet. management, staff, all of it. Uh, we wish you and Dave the best of luck there and we'll be clearly cheering for your success. Oh, thank you so much. I love you both so much. And And I've been blessed to have you guys on teams with me. Thank you. And I won't be far from you. So please come and visit anytime. (laughs) I will. Uh, Love you. We love love you. you. Thanks so much. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.